0: You gonna call us one college boy? DJ One Point, J Cole. This this is why you should go to college, my nigga. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah, it's hard to picture
1: a nigga not getting money. Uh J Cole living bummy, ha (laughs) ha ha. That's this is funny. I'm focused on the cash. I just laugh at them bastards. Eligible bachelor, finna get my bachelor's, and if this ready, rat- well, what's mm-hmm. up, everybody? It is the Ember Taves Podcast. Where I'm Natalie. I'm Friday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like yep, and we still on our quarantine podcast tip, you know what I'm saying? Different places. But can. Can. We still persist.
0: That's what matters it's at the end, end of the right. day. You see, this is the hard part about doing it in separate locations. You can't see that like I'm sorry for interrupting you girl Go ahead <laughs> No,
1: finish your thought
0: It's just like this is so hard to um, Have a conversation And it's something that I never really realized before But now everything's remote and all my conversations Have been like uh, 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 Like we sound like uh, Roddy Rich Like <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, That was my entire point That's all <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. But
0: anyway, what are we talking about today, Ryan? What we talking about. Um, so we are talking about something that might be of particular interest to those um, getting ready to enter college. Low okay. Um I've it's been a long time since I've been to college. You know, I'm an old head <laughs> up in here. But um It's been
1: two years, okay. Relax. <laughs> I found
0: the gray hair yesterday, girl, so I made it to the old head club. Ooh, oh ooh. my god. <laughs> Excited. But <laughs> my little cousin was telling me yesterday that um, decision day was what earlier this week or last week or something like that. So we're going to be talking about college and um, our experiences with college that me and Natalie have both had because um, we both had the blessed opportunity to go to college and not everybody can say that.
1: Yes. And for the people that don't know, we went to the same college as how we met, um, the University of Illinois. I L O. period. Uh, so what led up to us going to u of i for me i honestly only applied to one college basically Um, no i'm not saying um well i applied okay so i applied to three so i applied to bradley university i don't know if anybody's familiar with that um but i didn't really want to go i just applied just Just for the sake
0: oh my god
1: i mean listen I was just, I wasn't interested. It just didn't catch my eye. It's a private, I think it's a private university. It is private. It just wasn't my vibe, okay? So, but I applied just for the sake of applying. um, And then I applied to Hampton University, actually. Also kind of on a whim. It was an easy application. They didn't even respond to my application. So there's that. Good thing that wasn't my dream school. Because, you know... I'm not trying to, like, be shady or nothing, but y'all got to get together. I don't know what what happened with that, so it was a good thing I wasn't set on going to Hampton because they didn't even respond, Um, and then I responded to U of I, and honestly, I was just very tunnel vision, like, that's the only place that I really wanted to go, so if I hadn't have gotten into U of I, um, I don't know where I would be right now, Um, (laughs) because I was just winging it. I was just out here, but... What about you? Girl, I
0: couldn't even tell you how many colleges I applied to.
1: <clears throat> like, <laughs>
0: um, I want to say like 12.
1: Oh my god.
0: It, yeah, it's no. double digits. It was a lot. I applied to I also applied to Bradley. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but I didn't want to go. I thought it was beautiful campus, beautiful um, like fields and I like the dorms and stuff. I, I, I felt it. I was feeling it. Um, but I really wanted, like, a bigger school experience, and there's nothing Bradley could have possibly done to become bigger, like, you know, <laughs> just, so, um, Adjust that, in,
1: please. you know what I'm
0: saying, like, mm, zoom in, zoom out, like, there was no way for it to just triple in size, so, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's something that I didn't know right away, like, size, that, gosh, but, like, size mattered <laughs> to me, um, I didn't know that right away, but, um, I figured it out pretty quickly. But, yeah, girl, I was applying to, like, Ivy League schools. I don't know who encouraged me to do that. <laughs> um, I mean, that's kind of halfway a lie. So, my aunt encouraged me a lot. So, a lot of people don't know, but, like, I'm a first-generation college student. My aunt went to college, and she finished Um, this typical, you know, one-stop shop destination. My mom also went to college, but she didn't finish. Yeah, a little bit harder of a time. My dad decided to go into the services. He took a few college classes. Um, but within my nuclear family, I'm the first one to have a degree. Um, so uh-huh. yeah! <laughs> um, so uh, it was like a shot in the dark. And my aunt encouraged me. She was like, Oh, look at your grades, like apply to Harvard. And um oh my God so i did <laughs> i applied to harvard i applied to duke i applied to brown and i applied to stanford um and duke i don't know if duke is actually an ivy league school like somebody from the east coast like quote me or not but like i don't know it's a, it's a top tier school at the end of the day duke and stanford were my top choices i really really wanted to go to either one of those schools and u of i was actually a safety school I specifically remember hitting submit on my application. I did the early application because I wanted to get it out the way. (laughs) I submitted it on my iPod touch on the way home from a swim meet um, while dripping wet from the results of that swim meet. And, um, you know. (laughs) <laughs> didn't proofread or anything oh
1: yikes so um
0: I wouldn't necessarily call it a whim but I did definitely didn't like uh pour my heart and soul <laughs> into U of I um as much as I did with um Duke or Stanford but it's all for the best I think
1: yeah, yeah. I feel you I I think I probably did my application super last minute like, I, I was just dragging my feet doing college applications, period, because <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. I just, not that I didn't take it seriously, but I just was, I I just wasn't into it. The process was, like, too much.
0: When I started high school, my goal was college.
1: <laughs> so, like,
0: people would be like, oh, let's hang out. I'll be like, oh, I gotta study for the ACT. Like... <laughs> second week of freshman year i had all my most of my stuff was either early admission early decision like i did everything and wrapped up by like december january that's
1: nice that's not me as a person at all Um, i just i mean most of my life i just be winging it um especially in school college i mean what for me in my mind college was a given Like, that was just something that was going to happen no matter what. It was just a natural progression. And for me, like, I'm probably, like, fourth-generation college graduate. Like, everyone on my dad's side of the family um, went to college, graduated, like, doctors, whatever the case is. So um, it wasn't really – it was just kind of an expectation, but not, like, a pressure of, like, oh, we have to do this, but more so of, like, this is –
0: what else just would you do?
1: What life, Right. Like, this is just what life is. It wasn't like a pressure type of thing, but this was just like, I never questioned it. Mm. Um, so I, I guess the experience is a little different because like, it was just a natural progression. You go to high school, you graduate from high school, you go to college and that's, that's what it is. So I don't know, just different different experience for me so I guess there wasn't a lot of pressure a lot of focus um growing up on preparing for college I mean I had I took like an ACT prep course um and that was about it Mm -hmm. I mean very go with the flow but that's that's kind of like how my life has been so far so
0: must be nice um,
1: (laughs) no not so much I mean I feel like it's worked for me for the most part, but I think that it's not going to be easy always. So people that it seems to always fall into place, there's going to be a season in your life where it's going to not just fall into place. Everyone has to kind of get it together at some point and things are not going to be easy. And I think that that's good for character development and (laughs) like learning how to really take things serious but finding a balance between like going with the flow and taking things serious so
0: being resilient and all that fun stuff yep so um what else did I apply to you know I I did not apply to Hampton Mm -hmm. um and it's funny you applied to Hampton my best friend's there now um I applied to the other HU I applied to Howard Howard University I surely Mm did
1: that Um, was my dream school since 10
0: are you serious Yes. So my decisions actually did get narrowed down to U of I or Howard. And obviously I chose U of I. So that's crazy. Yeah. That was your dream school.
1: Yes. Ever since I was 10, I wanted to go to Howard University. But when it came time, I kind of was discouraged from applying because my parentals thought that I was not ready for that big of a jump of being on your own and being across country. So kind of a wrench in my plans. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, if you could go all the way I, back, like, would you apply again? Or, like, would you, like, what would you do differently? Do you think you would go
1: to um, Howard? See, I never got a chance to really visit or really catch the vibe uh, mm. of Howard to see if it was even a fit for me. So, I don't really know what I would have done. I feel like, I don't know. I think what ultimately made me feel okay about choosing U of I was the potential of getting a more well-rounded experience in terms of culture, like being around a lot of different ethnicities, a lot of different cultures, um, just like a broader spectrum of people because obviously at HBCU, the focus is on uh, African-American people and everything is taught from a lens of being African-American and a lot of their focus is on like just Black pride, basically, Mm -hmm. and, and the culture. And I think that that was something that I really... Like long for being in like a predominantly white like area my entire life is something that I really wanted like that cultural identity personally outside yeah. of you know what we were talked about in past episodes of like TV and things like that. Um, but I think now looking back, I don't regret my decision. And if I had an opportunity to go to grad school or something like that, I don't think I would choose an HBCU or Howard. Um, so. I Do you, you
0: want to tell with- the audience why? Why wouldn't you? I'm curious. Because I guess
1: my values and what I'm looking for to get out of college, especially in like a graduate program, I don't think I, it doesn't align with going to an HBCU. I don't think that I would get not to say I wouldn't get anything out of it, but I don't think I would get what I want
0: out of it. I'm gonna beat this horse dead. What do you want to get out of it that you don't feel like an HBCU can give you?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: want. <laughs> I'm about to say there's something that you don't want to say, <laughs> but I mean, no, I'm not afraid to um kind of confront it. I feel like the argument of PWI HBCU comes up all the time because there's this like, in my opinion, right? I didn't mm-hmm. go to HBCU. I didn't, you know, whatever. Um. There's this uh, stigma that the quality of education is lesser at Mm -hmm. HBCU. And um, me, I don't believe that to be true. I just think it's different. Um, I don't have any evidence to say either for or against. But when I think about all the beautiful, like, the powerful products that have come from these institutions, I I cease to be—I like fail to be disappointed. Like, I don't know. The HBCU, what it means to the culture, to the nation at large— Um, Given the histories of, like, slavery and disproportionality and, like, all these different things, like, what they mean and what they give is, like, almost priceless, um, in my opinion. So I think for me, long story short, the reasons... So, like I said, it was U of I or Howard. Uh I ended up choosing U of I because I wanted to stay closer to home, A. And then B, when I actually went to like feel out the campus right I didn't feel I could have grown to feel you know Mm -hmm. the the culture or the vibe but at that time I didn't and I actually got the opportunity to visit their campus again as an older person, like, last year, like, post-grad. And I still didn't feel it. I was like, you know what? If I would have decided to go here, I would have been an entirely different person than who I am now. I don't know if I can say for better or worse, but, girl, I was on U Street, which is, like, the the street where they go out mostly. And I was like, mm, this not my vibe. You know? <laughs> like, this not my vibe. <laughs> and, like... So that could just be speaking to Howard, you know. No shade to them, yeah. like amazing. Um, but I didn't get a chance to go to uh FAMU. I have an aunt who started at Southern, you know. So it's like, yeah. there are so many different flavors and tastes. But I don't know. I think the only thing that you would quote unquote be missing would be like racial diversity. But shoot, yeah. PWI is what ninety eighty percent white. HBCU is 80% black. Like there goes your racial diversity argument. I don't know. Yeah, I
1: don't know. I guess ultimately, no matter what university that you choose, it's all about the connections that you make and what you make out of it. I think the biggest part is like your network and um potential for social capital and networking mm-hmm. capital. Um, And I think that that's the most important thing at any school. So you could you could fail or succeed in both environments, uh, depending on how well you network and are able to make connections. Because really, um, that's kind of the launching pad to getting into different career paths and different career fields and things like that. Resources,
0: resources, resources. Period. Yeah,
1: so I guess I mean it's it's people's it's whatever you want it's what you're getting you're trying to get out of the situation and what you think is best for you and of course like like I said when I went to Bradley wasn't feeling the vibe you went to Howard wasn't feeling the vibe I think that that also plays a factor no matter if it's a, a HBCU or a PWI I have a question What's up
0: So so you said on your dad's side you go all the way far back many people going to college nobody uh-huh. went to HBCU.
1: Um, as far as I understand, no, I don't think so. Wow. Um, Nope. I have a, uh, like a, an aunt, like my dad's cousin that went to Howard. And so she like completely is a stan, um, <laughs> and just completely intense about it and just it, enjoyed her experience, loved it, like didn't understand any any like reservation and she like jumped on me on facebook um, oh no. at point, and i was like okay listen
0: <laughs> I but, facebook for uh, me. <laughs> of all platforms
1: <laughs> right so yeah nah um but no i don't think nobody went to uh hbcu as far as i know nobody is like greek uh they weren't into that my mm. family was not those those people literally nobody in my family is greek um, not that, that that's like uh I mean Greekness is
0: tied to HBCUs, except I feel like here goes my Alpha pageant. Um Alpha Alpha <laughs> Fraternity Incorporated was founded at Cornell University. So right. even that is kind of unfair to say that it's tied to it's tied together. But continue. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's just different. Just a different mindset, different outlook.
0: Now you mentioned you wanting a more diversity of cultures, but what about mm-hmm. um diving into you know the black experience. That's
1: something that I wanted. So that was really the push, um, to go to HBCU to just see the all flavors of black people and to yeah. experience that, and to also find my my niche because growing up for me, I never fit in with black kids, which was which is the funny part. I didn't have a lot of, I guess by default, I had black friends like those are people that I hang I hung out with, basically. Um, but I never felt like I belonged with them i never felt accepted by the the black kids that i grew up around hmm. so i was looking forward to being able to find people that were more like me mm-hmm. and black mm-hmm. um <laughs> and so that was kind of um what i was pushing for like i i've told you before in high school like my main group of people were all asians i ate lunch with asian oh. <laughs> kids like we connected in more ways um than a lot of the black kids so I don't know it was just a different type of experience that's what something that I wanted do you feel yeah. like
0: you got it at U of I no no
1: absolutely not okay. um, because you know the biggest sham to me or the biggest like misconception that I had of U of I was that it was going to be like a melting pot of everyone, mm-hmm. you know. Like I had this fantasy—I don't know where it came from—but I had a fantasy of college of being like this United Nations type of environment where there's um, people like so your next door neighbor from Israel and your 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 roommate is Latina and you know you have like the uh, African some someone from from Kenya, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. on your floor, and then everybody is like learning from each other having like uh, like a communal, like educational experience. And it was just an enriching environment. Uh-huh. Um, and I found that it wasn't like that. I found that like a lot of the Asian people stuck to their own cultures. They didn't really intermingle, intermix. Um, a lot of like the black people, um, it was just people that were from literally Chicago west side of chicago south side of chicago like very homogenous type of demographic when it came to the black community and then also like uh, every cultural identity they stuck with one another so it's just very separated and it wasn't as much variety and mixing as i thought it would be at least in my experience i know some people had a more diverse like cultural experience at u of i and Mm. i've heard stories of that but that just wasn't my reality
0: yeah Uh, i remember so my one aunt who actually did (laughs) complete her degree she got it from the u of i and mm -hmm. um she was really um against me going there because Mm -hmm. it sounds like your experience is very similar to hers so she was like um she she's kind of dramatic but she said she was disbarred from the black community and nobody liked her because she was so like literally just going on and on and on. Um, And she was hoping to have like more of a heterogeneous friend group. And she always would encourage me to um, intermix and intermingle and things like that. Um, So it seems like, I mean, I don't want to put her age on blast, but like years and years (laughs) ago, years and years and years years ago, this has always been like a, a, a persistent problem at least at that university, at U of I, I can't speak to other PWIs, um, mm-hmm. but at U of I, it seems like it has always been prevalent that like, um, so I would always say like, people look for like a mixing pot situation in college. U of mm-hmm. I is literally like like Tupperware, geez. Like We have all <laughs> no, these different real. like ethnicities and cultures and religions that are present, but literally in my experience and what I've seen, you stick to yourself um I did have a couple friends I won't even say Asian I will they were Indian like so they were even still brown like and you might get a little mixing of like the like wild rice and the sweet potatoes you know they touch sometimes but um beyond that I really cannot say that I I can say that to this day I am friends with other people from other cultures that I interacted with my roommate was Latina I wanna I can't even in confidence say what um ethnicity she is I want to say she was Guatemalan but I could be wrong um you know and I remember though being like so confused when she was like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna rush a sorority and I was like okay cool which one and like, <laughs> oh, we're getting hot. And she decided to um, rush like a quote unquote white sorority. And Natalie, I was like so confused as to why she did that. But what she did was decided to like, I feel like her choice allowed her to walk a path that kept her as diverse as possible with a lot of different friend groups. Whereas like mm-hmm. when I went to college, my I, I dove into blackness. <laughs> yeah you know um and that was just that was just a choice and I'm happy it was available to me um but this like the idea of even rushing a white sorority like never <laughs> never <laughs> um crossed my mind um nor did like sitting at a table with people who weren't brown you know so despite wanting that mixed up saying I wanted that experience like I don't think I even did anything to like pursue it I don't
1: know I don't think I did either um yeah I didn't either I really was like trying to have my black experience so bad um that I did I also did dive into the black cultural options in terms of social activities um which I I don't want to say that I regret it but I feel like I could have used my time better um but I don't know yeah it was a different different kind of experience and I think I think wait let me go ahead and let you let you I cut you off what were you gonna say
0: no I was gonna say, yeah like I want to say the fault is really in like the the Tupperware Tupperware weariness of it all like why did I have to choose to either dive into blackness or you know or not like why can't i have ha- why couldn't i have had it both but like there's a reason why like black at UIUC like was a thing mm-hmm. because it was such a separate experience to so many other experiences um definitely
1: and i think the same is true for the other cultures too because yeah. i think a um parallel to it was um like the Latinx um oh my structure God. i guess. La Casa like- had
0: so much going on
1: yeah, so La Casa, I mean, it was just parallel to us, the same type of thing. They had stuff that was catered to them to be able to make sure that they stayed connected with their culture um, and felt like they had um, a community. And I think that that's great. But then also, I don't know, I think it's just the culture of this particular university that is just so, you know, separate.
0: Yeah. And I don't know where that
1: started from, but... I mean, they haven't done anything to really break it down. I think they've done their job of, like, giving us something to feel comfortable, but not enough to bring us together. Mm
0: -hmm. I remember (laughs) this one time I was at a party at the Black House. And the Black House is, like, um, the African American Cultural Center whatever. And we're having this party. And this white couple comes in and everybody was like... Like, who is that? Like, next, like, <laughs> swinging. And in reflection to what you just said, like, it didn't have to be that way. Why was it that way? And it's just, like, rooted in how separationist everything was. And it's so glaringly obvious now.
1: Right.
0: I don't even know if I would have yeah. did anything different if I were to do it again, honestly. Because it was such, like, a like a subculture. Like, it was like a current, like, do this or else, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. I had a great time. I had some great experiences. Like the programs that they had were awesome. But ultimately, I feel like I didn't make um, great connections. I don't think that I had, I gained a lot of social capital from being involved with those things. But I do have good experiences that I can look on. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it was good. But I think a lot that played into um, the type of experience that I had, Within the black community was like a classism like component of it and a lot of othering just within our our community at U of I. And I felt that for a very long time, like just some of the things that I tried to be involved with, I tried to, you know take initiative, take on leadership roles, and I was, like, denied and kind of locked out of those those situations, and I never felt like I was welcome or a part, um, even though I tried to be. So, um, I think that that really affected how much I got out of it in terms of friendships and things like that, and it's also really clicky, but I think that that's kind of natural. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of natural. Like, you find your pupils, and then that's that's your crew until something happens. Um, <laughs> so, I that mean, and somebody. that's fair. Mm-hmm. But I would say, I don't know, something that stuck out to me a lot towards the end of my experience. So, I had already, like, reconciled. I found my people at some point during college. You know, I found friend groups in different ways. Um, and I was an RA for the last, like, two and a half years, and I remember, like, my last year, I had freshman girls, there were some black girls on my floor, and I was super excited, because I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna tell y'all all about all the black things that you can get involved with, like, I have to take y'all in, because obviously, like, you know, you see your peoples, you want to take, you know, watch out for them extra close, mm-hmm. and um, I remember trying to, like, forge a relationship with them, and it was just so difficult, like, I would try to be nice, try to check in with them. I mean, just as much as I would with any of my other residents. But, you know, just kind of trying to break the ice in that sense. And um, I remember one, like, what we call eye convo. So, like, a one-on-one session with this girl. She explained to me that if, like, another Black person, I don't know how we got on this topic within this conversation, but she was bluntly like saying if a black person is not from like the the same neighborhood or the same socioeconomic status like I'm not gonna talk to them I'm not gonna befriend them like we don't have anything in common so we don't have anything to talk about and just having this like very standoffish attitude towards anybody that came from somewhere different even if they were black it didn't matter it's like if you don't understand where I come from and have that same experience then we don't have any basis of being friends and I just was like whoa I knew this this whole time but it was I had never heard someone say that bluntly um so that was just a very interesting experience and I think that that kind of encompasses like everything that I had gone through up to that point and it was just interesting I don't know It was just eye-opening yeah
0: <laughs> yeah she says in a very loaded tone um (laughs) uh, yeah no i think it was a lot of that yeah (laughs) um because in some ways like you can't say from that student like she was wrong you know because like Mm -hmm. lol you're right like i i I haven't gone through those things um (laughs) um or we haven't had the same experiences but like I always come from the position where it's like just because I haven't gone through some of the things that you have or didn't grow up the same way that you did like that doesn't mean that we can't potentially connect um so I always think it's like it's within someone's right to make that decision but (laughs) like why do it um (laughs) and um I realize that's, like, kind of coming from a position of privilege, too, because, like, I, so, I grew up, like, in a working class household and everything like that, but I've never actually experienced feeling, feeling poor or lesser than in a negative way, because, like, everyone that I'm around is pretty much in the same boat, like, (laughs) you know, um, but I can imagine for someone who grew up, like, with less resources or, you know, whatever the case, or, you know, um, I could see that they wouldn't want to be friends with somebody who they could perceive as having more because they might have felt, you know, put down by people like that in the past. And it's kind of like a defense mechanism or a protective thing that they do. Um, because, like, now I work at a school, a high school in the city. So I work at Chicago Vocational CVS, it's not 87th, and I think it's Auburn Gresham is a neighborhood. I don't know, it's kind of whatever. But for a long time the kids like didn't wanna talk to me because they were like, ooh, Miss Evans talk white. Da-da-da. and I was like, okay, and like how long are we gonna uh <laughs> stick on this topic? Like so now what? You know what I'm saying? Um and once we got over the initial hump, like we found that we really do have a lot of things in common and we could talk and things like that. And I learned so much from them, but at the same time, I feel like they learn from me too, partly because, like, I'm in education, so duh, you're going to learn from me. But also, <laughs> like, just kind of enlightening their worldview, because I know a lot of times people who are in, like, um, gosh, when you're in, like, those marginalized groups or, like, you know, the oppressed groups, you feel like you're teaching people all the time. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be in the energy of doing that all the time. But to me, it always felt so natural, and I was really glad to have like had my eyes opened in that way. So, long story short, I start to gabbing on this stuff. I'm sorry that happened to you.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm fine. <laughs> this is all past tense, like literally no emotion, because none of this, nothing, none of this affects my life right now at all. Like I said, even from from high school transitioning into college and college transitioning into uh, adulthood like my values the things that i look for the things that i care about has changed so dramatically over the last like six years so mm-hmm. i mean i appreciate your your condolences
0: <laughs> no, i mean stuff like that is still hurtful to me like to this day like when my kids say you talk white, i was like dang let me go cry in this closet right quick <laughs>
1: like yeah, I guess I, I haven't experienced that lately. So maybe I haven't been in an environment like that. So uh, maybe I forget how it feels because I've definitely been called a few Oreos in my life. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel good. I mean, any way for people to make you feel like an other is always terrible. It always makes you feel ostracized. It makes you feel self-conscious so and also for people to make I think the most hurtful thing for me was people making assumptions yeah because it's like I I'm in a large group and I introduce myself and I say where I'm from or maybe not even that and then you just completely write my whole story for me Mm -hmm. and then you write me off yeah and I just like I don't that's the part that I don't under I don't I don't understand about that that mindset of like, okay, I'm just going to completely, you know, peg you as this type of person from this type of place with this type of understanding of what, who I am, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then that's it. And that's the part that I, that got to me the most. And I guess in theory, cause I, I'm not really mostly attached to these experience anymore, but like in theory, that's the most irritating concept to me because you didn't give it a chance you didn't even um, open the door for understanding someone else's perspective and then also understanding that as black people no matter where we come from like we all go through a base level the same thing when it comes to white people um, and other people and that's what I wish that more black people would understand it's like okay so I grew up in the suburbs maybe my parents have more money, but you don't really know that you're not, you don't know for sure. Cause you didn't take time to have a conversation with me, but that's cool. Um, and, but the white kids still talk to me like I'm stupid. They still talk down to me. I remember being in middle school and like they they're saying Ebonics and saying things slower to me because I'm black and like assuming that I'm a certain way or whatever. Um, I, like I still go through the same things that you go through when it comes to them. Yeah. So Maybe. it's like have common experiences, like I and it's. I feel like it's really bad in certain aspects for people that are coming from the suburbs because I you get it from both ends. It's like the black kids think that you're not enough. You're not black enough. You don't fit in. You're not a part of us. You know what I mean? Like I feel like anybody could can, can naturally. I mean, just the socialization and the way society has been set up thus far like you don't you're not considering me as a default part of you
0: yeah it's tough I mean and I think that's just might just have to be like a cross you have to bear because um, at the end of the day I cannot say any of the toughness that I go through either halfway equates to like living in gun violence every day or not knowing where I'm met, my next meal is gonna come from so that doesn't make my pain you know any less real but What do they say? There's like there's like levels to this stuff. Yeah, (laughs) it's really
1: complicated. I I mean, I tried to to make that a little bit clearer earlier. Maybe it didn't come across, but I'm saying like in certain aspects, we all yeah, like at
0: the baseline, like it's the same exact
1: thing. And in terms of how we're received by the outside, it does. They don't care. Society is is they. Society don't really care. Who you are, they don't care where you came from, whatever. They're gonna use you the same way. Yeah, um it's hard. And, and that's something that I feel needs to be more of like a bonding point, but instead it's it doesn't exist in terms of us kind of like coming together based off of that. Yeah. Uh, but of course, I mean, circumstances. There's no comparison. In a lot of ways Like circumstances Socioeconomic status Some things that are Outside of our control Like we can't Really do It's an apples to oranges Type of situation But um, When it comes to The social aspect Of black culture And things like that I think that it better.
0: It's all part of the agenda To keep us separate And <laughs> So we need to Rise up against this And Listen I know you always Do the takeaway messages But it has come to me Period today And I feel like The takeaway here is literally just like stand up for one another stand up for what you believe in and go that path that you feel like will, will guide you there easy. and even if it doesn't end up being the easiest path
1: like
0: you make it what you want to be. so that's what i feel like today. I got scholarship, though, so uh, you know, I'm not sweating. Well, I think that's it. <laughs> I don't I laugh like that. Yeah. Hey, Mike, we in there, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, in between us, out. And all? Then we all make it. Now,
1: nah, we ain't all make it. Shout out to you know, I was man, All my niggas, y'all. Whether you graduated or not, whether you made it to college or not. Nigga, not.
0: Say it now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Class of 2007 man holler at me when I'm going to grad school though, you know?